Today's reading comes from Luke chapter 14. Now large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all those who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot, then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So, therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. Salt is good, but what but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. They throw it away. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Thanks, Joni. Let's pray. God, we come again, bringing in all those things um, of our hearts and our minds, the news stories of late, things that are going on in our family, the anticipation of a new school year, a new fall season, all the things that are clamoring for our attention in the world. And for these moments, uh, we don't let those things go. We invite you, we ask you to come and enter in. Open up our minds, our hearts, and our lives to the power of your word. Amen. So I filled many a sleeve of this CD case with those Columbia Compact Disc Club offers. Do you remember those? You'd find them in the middle of a magazine, that little piece of paper. And I don't know if I have my numbers correct, but you could pick like 10 CDs for a penny. And they always listed on the front the ones I wanted so badly. Like in college, The Best of Bread, REO Speedwagon, The Indigo Girls, just to name a few. And then there was teeny tiny print on the back of the form disclosing that actually, in order to receive the CDs you wanted, only for a penny, you must purchase a certain amount of CDs over the course of the next year for a set price of like $16.99 plus shipping and handling, which back in 1988 was a lot of money for a CD. And in addition, if you forgot to check that little box on the forum stating that you didn't want to receive a regular monthly CD, they would keep sending them to you 
and charging you for them. So in the end, you realized there actually was a big cost to those 10 CDs that you thought you were getting for a penny. The little heading on my Bible before the story we just heard reads, The Cost of Discipleship. Last week, Jesus was having dinner at the home of a Pharisee, and today, he's back traveling with large crowds who are following them. Jesus is headed for Jerusalem, but the crowds are not so interested in the destination. They want the 10 free CDs. They are clamoring for the healing and for the miracles. Jesus has been up to something that is unlike anything they have ever experienced. He's crossing boundary lines and challenging the authoritative norm and reaching out and finding people who have never been seen to change their lives with healing, forgiveness, and to bring them back into community. But Jesus senses that the mass of people who are following him do not fully understand the picture of what is yet to come as he steps closer and closer to Jerusalem. So Jesus lays it out. Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Really tough words. And they've always been perplexing to me each time we hit them in the Gospels. Do we really need to hate our parents and our kids to follow Jesus? I can't imagine. This seems to go against everything we have heard up to this point about loving our neighbor as ourselves. The word hate here, in its original form, actually means to turn away from or detach. Not hate like detest, but to turn away from and detach ourselves from our identity there. Actually, it's different but it doesn't make it any easier. And to carry a cross? The crowds following Jesus could not know at the time how Jesus' life would end, yet crucifixion was known to them, a cross as a means of torture and public execution. What is Jesus saying then that we each are called to carry a cross? in order to be his disciple. Jesus is pushing the crowds to think deeply about what it means to be his follower. It's not a parade. Following Jesus is not like a CD club. It's not like a Costco membership where you pay a little bit and then decide if you want to go a little or a lot. It's not an attribute, it's not an accomplishment that you hope to add to your resume, that you hope that your kids will have for life. It's not checking a box, it's not an occasional commitment. It's a relationship, and one that redefines the other aspects of our lives, even 
our families. The crowds that follow Jesus have no idea at this point why Jesus is so focused, why his eyes are set on Jerusalem. It is because it's his mission in the world. He will walk the way of suffering, of execution and his death to complete this relationship that God has established for the world. And so Jesus' words are so harsh, but it's a wonder, why would anyone be so interested then in this discipleship work? Because really, who could make it and who would want it? And so I think today on this Labor Day weekend, it begs our thoughts on this. And one place to start is to think about the costs of other relationships in your life. As a spouse, as a parent, as a son or daughter, as a community member, a cause or organization that you love or support. What is the cost, the sacrifice of being in relationship? It is giving it's altering our lives for the sake of the relationship. And sometimes it's literally giving a piece of our flesh, going deeper than we ever thought possible for the sake of another. But we can't stop there because what we give or give up does not solely define a relationship. There's a whole lot of life, abundant life, and loved, tucked into those costs. Beautiful moments, growth, the changing, the evolving of generations. I think what Jesus is opening up to us is that the fullness of what a relationship with God is all about is to live in such a way that God's presence, his kingdom, is seen and heard right now in our lives and it's seen through us, through people. There is an impact, though, when we do this, that being a follower of Jesus means there will be disagreement, shifting of priorities, and thinking deeply in each decision how we are called to act and response because of this relationship we have through Jesus. It's not easy work. There's always a tension, I think, in these conversations about what is required to be faithful, what is required to be a member of this church. I always think about this in our new membership class. We want church to be a church that is accessible to these great gifts of love and grace given by God but yet a relationship really changes everything. What is required of us then? How does this relationship change what's going on in our lives? What are we called to give? Where are we called to show up? Why then do you come to church? How does your relationship with God move forth from this place into the nooks and crannies of your life? What difference does it make to you 
that you are a follower of Jesus. What difference does it make in your life? How does it show up that you are a member of this church, Mount Olivet Lutheran Church of Plymouth? Now, one more thing. There's this quirky little verse at the end of the story about salt. Jesus says, salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how can saltiness be restored? If it is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure heap, they just throw it away. Jesus addresses here our mediocrity to our faith, the take-it-or-leave-it sense of relationship with God. If salt loses its flavor, its purpose is lost. It becomes bland and useless, not good for growth, not even good for the manure pile. Jesus says one foot in, one foot out is actually no place to be at all. I think, though, there is good news. The gospel is tucked within Jesus' most difficult words. Because we all fall short, there is no one left standing at the cross. When all the world walks away from our most difficult moments in family conflicts and disagreements over matters of faith, when our lives hit the times of abandonment and even death, we find a God who remains and where his call to turn back to him again and again is made known. The crowds cannot comprehend, and actually most of the time we can't either, what a relationship with Jesus is all about. But Jesus keeps calling us into this relationship, one that comes ahead of everything else in this world, even family, even those things we hold on to most dear. And when we fall short, and we do, he continues to lead us forth with an invitation to trust and follow again and again. May the anchoring of this love, this forgiveness and grace, continue to lead us on in perseverance, strength, and hope to this abundant life in which we are given. Let it be so. Amen.